everybody. Welcome to Flip Switch, the Bipolar and Depression Connection, brought to you by the Child and Adolescent Bipolar Foundation. And we are on episode 7 of the Roundtable, College Edition 2010. Is that right, Amy Lynn? Yep. And Amy Lynn is here, co-host. Quick, quick word, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, you can email us at flipswitch at bbkids.org or... Just write a comment. You can just write a comment. Amy Lynn loves comments. She won't stop bothering me. She wants me to leave comments just so she can respond. But, Amy Lynn, if I were to leave comments, they'd be so deep and meaningful, you wouldn't be able to respond. Probably true. Also, you can go to our blog and show page at www.bpkids.org slash flipswitch. So, this is now episode 7 of the roundtable. We've got so much more. Actually, we don't have all that much more, but still, we do have a little bit more. I asked Ryan the same question. What do you think of the roundtable in totality and what it's for? Why do you think we have a roundtable? Because it works better than a rectangle. <laughs> I think it's to, like to see what other people know about mood disorders, how they feel about it. Because when you do have a mood disorder, you're one of the minority for that, you know, whether you do or do not. And most of the people you interact with aren't going to. And so you're dealing with these people who don't know as much, most likely. And it's nice to know what people do know. And just to get people talking about it, too, I think. Right. I think we started having them basically so that we could get a sense of what people know and what they don't. If kind of the whole point of the podcast is to, A, kind of offer support, B, bring people facts about what we're talking about we got to know what is the average level of the average bear in college or even not in college same thing in high school welcome to the child and adolescent bipolar foundation college roundtable 2010 i'm peter i'm 18 i'm melissa i'm 20 i'm amy lynn i'm 20 i'm paul i'm 19 i'm terrence i'm 18 i'm alex i'm 19 does your family discuss psychological disorders? Ever. Have they ever done it? And if so, how often? And uh, how are you raised in your family? How is it in your family? In my family, it's a little more difficult to stand with my parents on issues like that because my parents are very religious individuals. And because of that, they sort of, you know, I guess they use like religion as a coercion. Like everything is like, I don't know, it's like, they, they seem to use it as like the ultimate solution. It's a means to like, every end. Right. So like, and so like, it bears no room for like, deviation or anything. It's just like, it's absolute, like it's a rule, but it's nothing tangible. So I guess there's no satisfaction. Like, I'm not satiable from it. So, uh, I guess like, in psychological sense, it seems like religion is like, I don't know, the method of almost like making it submissive or seeming like it's a, a recessive quality that just needs to be dealt with. It's interesting, um, religion is actually, throughout recorded history and even unrecorded history, it seems to be the main way society has always told people to deal with any psychological disorder, get closer to God, or polytheistic societies, gods, uh, and the closer you are to those gods, the more healed Zen kind of thing where if you're closer to the center of knowledge and all that, you'll be more at peace. So, in, in fact, our modern scientific way of thinking about depression.
transmission and all this stuff. That's really a bear, that's only occurred in the last hundred or so years. That's a really new thing. And so you'll see remnants of that. And, and maybe resurgences. And actually, I would say there is a little bit of a resurgence in that way of, of viewing things. And it, has a, it certainly has its own value. Uh, what about anybody else's family? We do talk about it in my family, but not when we didn't really start talking about it until I was, I suppose, a junior and senior in high school. I talked about it with my stepdad. Um, my dad and I are very close, so we would talk about it, but my mom is very conservative, also very religious, so the same thing with her. Everything was like, oh, go to church and God will save you. And there wasn't a lot of room for um, diversity of interest or abilities or any, like, any of that for me growing up. So, And it didn't really become an issue until we had members of my family who started suffering from mental disorders. So then conversations had to happen because we were faced with the issues. I want to say my family's definitely improved when we talk about it more over time. Definitely I'll bring things up being a psych major and everything. But growing up, the only times I can really remember the mention of mental disorders were A, when the drug commercials would come on TV for, you know, Zimbalta or one of those commercials and they'd talk about all the side effects and, you know, my family would sort of be like, you know, restless leg syndrome or something and they'd just sort of laugh at it and not really, I think, have much respect for it. Or I know when I was a teenager, I was the emotional teenager, and my parents would sort of, like, just sort of make fun of it and do the whole... I don't think taking it seriously as much, sort of making it seem like... I, I don't feel like my family's or my parents have ever really had a belief in a lot of the mental illnesses. And that, that is something that continues to occur. There is like a whole subculture, and it tends to be non-college, so you guys wouldn't have probably come into that much contact yet with it um, that does not believe in mental illness at all. So you, how did they talk about it? I guess my family was kind of split. I mean, I guess like some of my, part of my family was kind of like, well, you know, had this sort of tough it out attitude, and part of my family took it seriously. And so, I mean, I guess we had a few discussions family-wise growing up. Um, and I think now we've gotten much better about sort of everyone sort of accepts that it is reality and you know, it has to be you know, treated. Um, so I think we've gotten better. We've just never really had discussions about it. What do you think that is? Uh, I'm not really sure. I'm, I guess no one in my family or in our extended family um, has been diagnosed with mental disorders or just, yeah, there's nothing ever brought it up. It's not like we could avoid it. Amy Lim, why do you think it's important to know what people's families say and how people are raised talking about mood disorders? Because I think that's where they get a lot of their information from. You grow up in your family and you're going to walk away with some of the family values, the family beliefs. If someone's family never spoke about it, then they're not going to know anything about it until they really get out of that environment and even then they're not going to be as aware of it. So what do you think about all the people who would say, well you kids, you got the right information from your families who talk about it in varying degrees, but then you went away to the college who told you you were supposed to be like this other thing and in fact it's the big learning, fancy learning book stuff that's pulling you off course. 
you know, like I think it was Terrence who was talking about his family raised him with a very religious mindset, and that's how you're supposed to take care of things. Maybe that's correct. And now he's saying, he sounded like he was talking like that's not the greatest idea in the world. But why isn't it? Maybe it's if he hadn't gone to college where they tell him that it should be this other way, he would continue that thought. I think ultimately, though, when he came to college and you know learned about the other ways, he ultimately has the choice to decide what is right for him. It's not as if, I don't think it was as if the school's saying, this is actually the way you need to look at it. This is right and whatever else you think is wrong. It's this is another way people look at it. But again, culture normalizes. And to some extent, I heard, I would say, buzzwords coming out of the roundtable that I find to be common on college campuses that are not common anywhere else, like the word diversity. Go find that anywhere else than a college campus. Agreed. And I don't want to say that's in any way wrong, because I, I actually think that's quite positive. But you do have to acknowledge there's this other side who has this other way of viewing things. And... I think I brought this up in the round table. There is, been from time immemorial, how you dealt with mental illness was you got closer to God. And that worked for a lot of people. And to this day, being saved is actually, and verified by research, one of the best things you can have happen to you mental health-wise. It's just, the thing about being saved, be it whatever religion it is, is that you can't go searching for it. It has to just kind of happen. This is fundamental research done by William James. He, he looked at different types of religious experiences and found that there were some common things regardless of what religion it was. And one of those things was you can't just go, hey, I want to be saved right now. It has to kind of be given to you in some weird way. Yeah. Uh, with that in mind, I guess I'm, I'm interested in the push and pull between kind of the family and its right to raise somebody in its own way and then Somebody suddenly getting exposed to all this, these other ways of viewing things. Eventually, it's going to happen. Yeah, but which is what if they were right the first time? Though is my question. Well, they're going to have to decide which way is right for them. I'm sure some people find out new information and are stuck in their old ways and say, "No, I believe what I was taught was right, and what you're actually saying now is, I think that's wrong." I guess more specifically, I'm asking, how do we as a society come to an agreement? on what is a more beneficial, helpful way to view mental illness. I think people decide out of the viewpoints that they hear, the one that works the best for them with the ones that go along with their underlying morals and values. I agree with that. I'm saying as a collective, as a group, as a community, how do we come up with a consensus on what's the best idea? Because I think- You go with the majority or what's voiced the most. Is that true? I think... And the majority changes its views how? Because right now, I would say the majority of people say, I don't want to hear about it. It's... People with mood disorders are in the minority. Why should the majority listen to them? Why should we destigmatize mood disorders? The majority of people have spoken. They don't want to... If they did, they would have already destigmatized them. Well, as an individual, you're going to believe what you want to believe. And as a society, people are going to go along with their smaller circles of, you know, you're going to go with your friends and family, the people who you're around. And you people as a society, we try and push our beliefs on other people. It's going to happen in no matter what topic. Right. 
so if you're don't push your your belief that we I should not say bad things about bipolar people on me. Don't tell me I should have to understand depressed people. There's some people who are always gonna have a stigma. Most likely, that's gonna be. The I would case. say most of society is like that. This is kind of my point. Why should society give that up? And how do we determine if it should give it up? That's a personal view. Some people are gonna think that it's not, and there's not much you can. So do there's no objective it. reality. I wouldn't be an objective party. So somebody, somebody it. goes, okay, let's let's do it then. I don't believe in your nonsense about mood disorders, and so don't tell me I don't have to treat you anyway. And all you and all the crazy lot of them just need to pull themselves up by the bootstraps, shut up, and stop acting like little babies. You use your excuses all the time. I've got yeah. bipolar disorder. You I've got it. depression. You hear it. People say that. Yeah. Your point? There, there's so? people. There's things I, you can control. No, no, no. And there's things that you can't control. And you can't control other people. Right. You can fight it. You there's Why law, fight it? There's law that... No, you can't fight right. it. It's just a personal view. True. So why fight? There's no objective reality. But there's the law of what's right and what's wrong when it comes to mental health. and Based on what? Based on the decision of the Supreme Court. Based on the decisions of the people who make the law. Based on research. Oh, now we're getting to it. How did they come to their conclusions on stuff? Research? Research. Scientific research basically concludes that destigmatized world is a better world. No. Scientific research shows that there's not a reason to stigmatize mental illness. You look at the fact that, you know, people with a mental condition have on the society versus people who have another condition. There's not a reason to stigmatize mental conditions. I want to. I don't care. And that's the way most okay. society And is. that individual is going to. No, not There's just the individual. That's the way society is right now. Why should it not is my question. In my opinion, I don't think it's right. Okay. But other than that, I would agree. I would that. say there is an objective reality. I would say society is about, and we should make it about respecting human dignity and basing our decisions on reality. When law and order, every single mentally disordered person they show, regardless of disorder, is always killing someone, and you never hear of a person with bipolar disorder, depression, anywhere else in that show doing something, even though we know from statistics that you're 300 times more likely to be killed by somebody without any kind of disorder, I would say that is operating on a world that is inaccurate. And why not operate on an accurate world? When we talk about the cognitive distortions or the erasing negative thoughts segment, it's all about Live your life based on reality, not these little lies you tell yourself. I think there is an objective reality, and I think the world is better when we don't stigmatize. And I don't think it can be argued the other way. I think you can try, but I think you're just wrong at that point. That's me. Do you agree? Yeah. Okay. The rant here ends. All right. Flip switch to bpkids.org. www.bpkids.org slash flip switch that is where you can leave comments or round table coming up soon or blogs too